निष्ठा सत्यम द यू एन वुमेन मिशन हेड फॉर टीमोलिस्ट हैज लॉन्च अ न्यू कैंपेन कॉल्ड प्राइड नेवर एंड्स इट इंटेंस टू हैव मोर इंक्लूसिव डिस्कशन अबाउट द एल जी बी टी क्यू आई ए प्लस कम्युनिटी थ्रू आउट द इयर हाय द वेलकम टू द बी एल पॉडकास्ट दिस इज नबोदिता गांगुली सत्यम जॉइंस मी टू डिस्कस अबाउट हर कैंपेन हर वर्क एंड मोर लिसन इन So I think first I would like to ask you a bit about your experience working for the United Nations. Well, I think it's an absolute privilege and honor to work for the United Nations. To me actually this is like the like a dream come true. This is what I actually honestly uh wanted to do. Um I kind of the blue flag moved my heart for a very long time. So my experience is like any other it's it's not like any other job honestly. It's like uh it's a it's passion it's work it's commitment is cause um it's everything that moves me as a person but also as a professional uh but in so many ways i i i think this isn't this has been a privilege for me to work for the un and now shifting to your campaign can you tell me a bit about your pride never ends campaign the intent behind it well the intent behind it is simple that we support irrespective and agnostic of sexuality of gender of caste we support the right to choose we report, we support the right we support choice voice i think it is as fundamental to feminism as it is to anything else um and and on and and we understand that gender as it is is so performative it is mostly um what we have socialized what we have come together as a society to define so we support through the campaign for us pride never ends is about the right to choice the right to life the right to the right to love and the right to live uh, and i think it su- supersedes uh, mo- anything else uh, uh, that we support so for us truly the right to choice never ends uh, it's not about a month it's not about a day you know for us the pride never ends campaign is about the fact that the right to choice doesn't end right uh it is very fundamental to the work that we do with men and women and that could be the right to to the right to choose anything the right to choose life the right to choose love the right to choose uh, the right to choice and the right to voice and to be able to be uh, 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 to, to be a kind of um oh, vocal about it and we support uh, so pride for us is about something that never ends and for me that is the right to choice and i think it truly brings together we were very happy to support fully the pride march in timor leste yesterday it was such a joyful joyful day for us um it was it was so enduring to see so many people out on the streets fighting for the right to choose in life and not to be defined by what uh, society tells us tells us to Okay before i ask more questions about the campaign can you tell me a bit about the pride month uh, pride march and how you contributed towards it well i think we fully supported the pride march we supported the organization of the pride march uh we we supported everything in putting together the pride march um but it's also about more than supporting the pride march more than being there uh and organizing it i think it is about people who came out uh to stand for themselves and stand for their colleagues and stand for their communities and i think it's it's truly about the people that we have been able to convene through the pride march and otherwise so 
uh, I am very proud to have done that as UN Women, but also I'm so proud of the people of Timor-Leste and anywhere in the world, actually, who have come out for pride. Okay, understood. So this campaign, Pride Never Ends, this is also a source of discussion that we are having since a very long time, that it cannot be only Pride Month. It's something that we have to talk all the time if we actually want to talk about inclusivity. So on that note, I want to understand how do you plan to go ahead with the campaign? What are the aims and strategies that you want to use? Well, I think we, uh, for us, truly the pride never ends because we just don't support the pride march we support the issue we talk about at least as UN women we talk about it throughout the year we program on the issue we reach out to the lgbtqi community uh in really mainstreaming them into policy into decisions into making sure their voices are heard in legislation um and 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 so we contribute really in very upstream ways in which we we are really creating space legislatively through policy, through programming of the government, programming on the ground to also support organizations that work with LGBTQI, LGBTQI communities. So for us, the pride is symbolic, uh, but it's not a day. We, fun we, we work on it throughout the year, just like we work for women and just like we work for so many other things. Okay, so and how long do you plan to do this campaign? For however long, well, the campaign, like I said, if pride never ends, probably the campaign never ends. Uh, I think it's not so much about a campaign or a hashtag or a tagline. It's about, it's about mainstreaming our campaigns. It's about, it's about, uh, really mobilizing people to ensure that we have to celebrate choice. We have to celebrate identity every day. So for me, um. Just like Pride never ends, the campaign never ends. Nothing is time bound. It is a it is a message that we carry in our hearts forever. Okay, understood. And you plan to reach out to everyone, like uh, to people throughout the world, right? Yes, Pride is across the world. You and women works on Pride across the world. It's not just here. So, talking about LGBTQIA plus as a whole, there are still people, sadly, who say it's a mental illness and. It's something that can be fixed. There are authorities who are against it. So how do we actually make people understand the message of inclusivity when there's so much of force against, when there are so many people against? How do we make them empathize or just understand what's happening? I mean, I don't think anybody in the world will be able to tell you how to do that because if, if anyone knew how to do that, we would do that, right? I think... What we know is that consistent messaging helps people. Um, that we also know that change is personal. It has to happen in households. It has to happen in the heart. It has to happen at the community level before it happens, before we aspire it to be national legislation and like a national directive. So we know that change is personal. We also know that change is slow. But what we know is when we keep at it, it happens. Nobody was talking about climate change so many years back. Nobody knew what climate change was today. Um, it's it's on everybody's agenda. People are conscious. I think the younger generation, if you see, is so much more conscious towards how they consume, how they buy. And you see that there is change. And that is because it has been in conversation for long enough for people to understand and engage with the topic. Uh, let their guards down and be challenged on their systems and beliefs. Unfortunately, sexuality is so personal and is so 
intrinsically linked to stereotypes it's so intrinsically linked to culture but if there is really one country in the world that has the diversity of culture to accept everybody and anyone is india uh, india has uh, india leads with its history and culture on stories india is the only country where the prototypical mother in mythology is not the biological mother the it's it's things like that that you don't see in any other country so i think India is a more fertile soil for any change than any country in the world is. But at the same time, we know that we're, um, it's also more difficult because it's more, it's a very big, diverse country with many kinds of people. Uh, I think when we challenge patriarchy, there will always be someone against it because patriarchy benefits people. It works for people. It works for men more than it works for anybody. So I'm not expecting a world where we will get up and fight for somebody's right and there's nobody going to, there's no one who's against it. I think the fact that people are against us is good news because at least we know we're doing the right thing. Um, I think it's about being patient with those who are not like us, who don't think like us. Uh, and eventually, I think the world changes in bits and pieces, but the world changes. And there are many ways to change the world. I mean, 20 years back when we were, when I was younger, when you, um, we grew up with fireworks in as a part of our Diwali celebrations. Uh, saying no to crackers, saying no to pollution was not even a topic in India. Nobody spoke about it. We all felt it, but nobody spoke about it. But today... It is so difficult to buy crackers in a household because schools have mobilized children to say no to crackers. It's just a small story of how India has changed a whole culture uh, where children today, today in the household do not allow you to buy crackers because they believe, they're convinced that it is not the way for the world to go or it's not the way for, the, for India to go because it does not create, it creates uh, it leads to pollution or it leads to noise pollution. It's an uncomfortable environment for others and those who are sick. But have we changed in 20 years? That's a dramatic change from being one of the countries with the worst sex ratios in the world. Today, every truck in India has the message of Beti Bajau, Beti Padau. Is that not change? That is change. I think India has changed in ways in which we cannot have, I could not have imagined growing up as a, as a young girl. And today, when I look back, I feel so many things have changed. But the right, but the route to change is different. For crackers, we use children. We targeted schools. Uh, for female infanticide, it is so top-led. The prime minister himself, uh, it's a prime minister-led campaign. So there is no one way to change the world. There are many ways to change the world. And India is the only country that has examples of all levels of change and all kinds of change. So I do think that if we keep consistent at the messaging, we're we're probably leading from the front. And now talking about feminism, when did you hear the word feminism for the first time? Maybe when I was as late as 18, 19. Uh, I never thought that I would work for a feminist organization. It was not my agenda. I, it's just that I, when I met a feminist organization, I kind of found language for everything I was going through. I understood everything better. Uh, because until then, you always think, why is this so so much more difficult for me? Or maybe it's me. And then you find language. So probably as a, as late as 18. It's like you find a sense of relatability, right? I think finally. Yeah. Yes. There's a yes, sense of absolutely. understanding. Yeah. Abs absolutely. Yeah, right. You feel that. comfort. 
आपको लगता है कि यार ये मेरे साथ ही नहीं हो रहा है ये 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 मेरी वजह से नहीं हो रहा है ये ऐसा नहीं है कि मुझ में कुछ नहीं है एंड दैट्स व्हाई इट्स गोइंग डाउन हियर एंड देन यू फाइंड एज यू ग्रो ओल्ड वन थिंग आई कैन टेल यू इज एज यू यू ग्रो अप एंड द वर्ल्ड ग्रूम्स यू टू नॉट लाइक अदर वुमेन यू नो व्हेन वी सी व्हेन वी आर यंगर एंड वी सी अ कॉन्फिडेंट प्रीटियर most successful woman the world tunes us to not like her immediately but as you grow older you know you see that women stand for women and it's the greatest change i have seen in my life that today the most amount of comfort love confidence uh, comes from other women who have held me back nourished me back to life in circumstances if i can say uh and then you see the pattern you see that you see how sorry sorry to say this in an interview but you look back at your life and you see i was not poorly treated in a relationship because i was wrong i was poorly treated in a poorly in a relationship even uh, when i was teenager when i was older only because i was the woman in that relationship and then you find like you said relatability then you find that you're not alone in it but it brings you relief your that is just the right word brings you relief it brings you relatability it brings you respite and it also brings you tremendous amount of strength to know that there is a movement before you there is a movement with you there is a movement movement after you so it brings you it puts you into the universe of women who are also conspiring for the world to change those were some really powerful words on that note i would like to ask my last question how important is feminism to understand inclusivity as a whole iska bahut hi simple answer hai and that is if you cannot understand 50% of the population who is as strong as wise as edu- now as educated as powerful as unpowerful as vulnerable as you how are we going to understand anything else that we need to include if we are not able to include 50% of the population sometimes you know for me feminism and inclusion don't even go together as words what is there to include in 50% of the population we hold up half the weight of the earth if not more if not more the world is created through the power of women so there is nothing to include me the question to ask is what has excluded me and the answer to what has excluded me lies in the fact that i am a woman and nothing else there is nothing else that explains our exclusion from parliaments from from boards from places where decisions are made from how decisions are made in the household from the kind of lives our mothers have lived from the kind of lives women live from the kind of lives women have inside marriage outside marriage in relationships trying to find love trying to find comfort trying to raise their children the question to ask is what is not what is the relationship between feminism and inclusion it's 50% of the population it is not about inclusion it it this is 50% you know you include those who are in smaller i mean we talk about inclusion when we want to include someone who is a marginal smaller population represents smaller interests so this is a majority minority conversation we are majority we're half the earth 
uh, and we are responsible for the continuity of it and bear the burden of it. So for me, I'm I'm sometimes very taken aback when when feminism and inclusion are on the same thing. The question is, why was I excluded? And the answer in my own personal struggles and my own professional struggles come back comes back to the fact that I was excluded because I was a woman, not because I was less smarter, not because I was less brave, not because I had less courage. I was merely excluded because I was a woman. So the I so the question I want to ask people is on what grounds are you excluding me? And if that ground is that I'm I am a woman, then I think there is much for men and women to sit on the table and reconsider and recalibrate and rethink because this is not what is going to take us forward. We are not going to be able to move ahead. And I'm really glad that today there are women who identify as feminists. There are men who identify as feminists. There are people from the LGBTQI community. There are people from the queer community. There are people across the world uh, who have taken, who are not scared of saying, I am a feminist. And even if they get the first glare, the first other look, they're not scared to say it because feminism is not about anything else but understanding that women are human beings like men, like everybody else, that everybody else really starts from equality. And um, we may be different than men. We're not unequal. And there's a whole difference in understanding differences and not treating those differences as the ground for being unequal. I think... Um, it, there is a lot for people to consider. And I'm really happy. Sometimes when I speak to my friends back in India, it really makes me glad that, uh, you know, most people are nowadays, it's very urban. It's a very urban view of India. It's probably just a percentage that's negligible. But at least those who have had the chance are really consciously parenting. Um, this time, they're not consciously parenting their girls. I think they're consciously parenting their boys which is where the difference is. So I hope that India continues as the bright spark that it is. It is truly, I feel, our country is truly at the brink of change. Uh, it is the country that can bring light to the world. It is, I think it is the lighthouse of the South, of the global South, in so many other ways. And we should, uh, it's, it's, I think we're on the high tide on many things and we must totally leverage this moment to bring in change in how we treat women uh, in how we treat people um, and truly hold the constitution as the supreme document that is that guides and shines on our life more than the differences that we have amongst us on that note thanks a lot for joining me thanks a lot for it's been time. my pleasure